Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. Uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, 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 and welcome to our first official episode of The Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. I'm Sean. Ooh. Hi, I'm Alan. How is everyone today? Pause for answer. I can't hear them. Oh, okay. All right, we have so much to cover today. I'm so <laughs> excited. So, I think the biggest thing on everybody's lips right now, I know I've been getting notification after notification is, what the heck with Disneyland annual pass holder? Yeah. It's it's funny because all my friends are like, did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, of course I saw it. Of course. Come on now. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I am one of those people who probably saw this coming, um, in, it actually, in Japan, they actually did a similar thing, I think, back in October. So when I saw that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to bring that to California. Um, which kind of makes sense because, you know, as everyone knows, the parks are clo- The parks in California are closed. So um, obviously when they do reopen, they have to figure out how to open up at, at a certain capacity. Um, so I think eliminating this program kind of is a step to do that yeah in case you missed it they're cutting all annual pass holders so if you've already paid up front you'll get a discount if you're month to month you just won't have the option to continue once the parks open your pass is just null and void from this point on correct and disney in their words they're they, they call it sunsetting the program yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's totally it's not totally dead um it's it's, it's dead <laughs> they're adding a Disney AP pass holder ghost on Haunted Mansion. That's so there's a thousand it. ghosts in the mansion now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, I'm excited to see how they're going to bring this program back post-COVID. Yeah, and at least they're not just, you know, flipping the bird to everybody who had a passport. Um, if you had a passport with those active at least through March 14th of 2020 then you are getting additional discounts at the stores within downtown Disney slash um, Carthay Circle, that Main Street area. Buena Vista Street. Buena Vista. That's what I was trying to think of. So starting from today, actually, the January 18th to February 25th, you get an additional 10%, so up to 30% on um, Disney merchandise. Of course, only at Disney-owned and operated stores. So you can't go to Jamba Juice and, uh, and demand your 30% <laughs> off. But I don't even think you can go to Jamba Juice with Covidina. Yeah. But that's exciting, at least. Yeah. Also, one thing to note, it's Monday through Thursdays only. Oh, yes. yes. Monday through Thursday from the 18th to February 25th. Yeah. So we are there right now as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this after 530 on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely take advantage of that discount. I know it's not a a whole lot that Disney's giving us, but I'm thankful for it because I know they're going through a hard time and they're at least giving us something to kind of apologize for the inconvenience. Yeah. Do we have any thoughts on what 2.0 is going to look like? So I've been kind of reading the trades and I've, think they're probably going to implement a bigger flex was it the flex plan is what the yeah. one that was currently now um but like 
obviously the higher the tier you go, the more flex dates is available or block out non block out dates will probably be available. So I'm thinking it's that just so that Disney can kind of control capacity. Um, Cause if you can't reserve that day, then like it's because it's full. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And hopefully that will help bring down the prices because they can control how many are coming into the parks at that point. Yeah. I'm just curious to see the costs. I know me too. <laughs> All right, so awesome. We got the uh, that news out of the way. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of discounts as well, too, I don't know if it'll still apply um, by the time you listen to this, but if there is any left, um, you know, there's a great holiday sale <laughs> going on. Um, last time Sean and I went, um, there was a 70% discount off of all holiday um, items except for... I am going to say this because <laughs> I'm so mad, except for ornaments. Ornaments don't count as holiday because they're available <laughs> all year round. Because who's putting up ornaments any other time of the year? Right? Right? Look behind you. I have my tree up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I'm excited to talk about because I am a board gamer, or as some people call it, tabletop gamer. Uh, I recently got the Haunted Mansion board game. This game, like I said in our, our first episode, this game is so pretty. And we got a chance to play it, and I think that this game did such a great job of bringing the ride into game form. You have to collect different types of ghosts. There's the musician ghosts, the paintings and artifacts, dancing ghosts, tea party ghosts, grim grinning ghosts, ballroom ghosts, groom ghosts. Um, the stretching portraits are part of this game. They also have special ghosts like the Bride, the Headless Knight, Madame Leota, the Organist, and the Executioner. Ooh. Ooh. So before we get too much into how this game is played, what was your initial reaction? Yeah, it was fun. Um, like you said, it was very visually appealing. There's a lot of cool like, ooh, like let's look at that picture and what's this picture about? Um, but one thing that I would say if you ever decide to play it is there is a bit of a strategy to it. You want to collect certain ghosts. You can't just like, oh, there's a ghost. Let me get it. Because that's what I did. And and you lost. I, I did not win. Because <laughs> there can only be one winner. So if you have multiple players. Yeah. So the way it works is um, the game board, all the rooms in the mansion are in a circular, like clockwise um, type layout. And I think it's fun because there's a, a piece with the three hitchhiking ghosts. And every round you draw a card that says how many spaces they move clockwise or counterclockwise. And if they move past you, you have to draw a card that works against you. And if they land where you are, you have to draw two cards that work against you. Ooh. And what Alan's referring to is you get points per how many ghost cards you've collected at the end of the game. So if, for example, you get um, 10 points for having three grim grinning ghosts, well, if you have four, now you just have one too many and you've wasted that card. So you don't get any extra points for having a fourth one. Yeah, but someone who hasn't played and hasn't been told that, you know, they we didn't win. We all figured it out together. Um, another cute touch about this game that I really enjoyed is you get points for how many of the portraits you pick. So let's say you get three of the lady standing over the alligator. You would get certain points for that, but if you get one of every portrait, you get even more points. So it definitely pays a lot of homage to 
the ride and I would definitely recommend this. And this game was only like 1995 on um, Amazon, which I am shocked about because there's so many like small pieces, so many cards. Um, it's just a really beautiful game and I, I think it's fun and easy to play. It only took us about 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's a Funko game too, so yeah. Usually, like I think <laughs> usually they're from what I've seen, they're not that cheap, so it's a good deal. Yeah, I, actually Funko turned me off at first because <laughs> I played one of their other games. It was like Funkoverse, and it was just so complicated and so not fun. We threw out the game and just got the Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? You don't own me. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we going next, sir? Yeah, so, you know, sticking on to the subject of parks, um, as you notice, they're starting to liquidate a lot of the holiday stuff. Except ornaments. <laughs> Except for <laughs> ornaments. Um, but they're actually, if you've been to the parks, you know, pre-COVID, you'll notice some familiar popcorn buckets that they popped up. Uh, pun in. Ah, pun not ah, intended, but anyways. Wait, where is the pun? <laughs> Um, anyways, um, if you go to the parks, you'll see that they have, um, the Simba, um, that premiered, I think like a couple years ago where it looks like you're carrying a uh, young Simba, um, in the shape of a popcorn bucket. And then also, um, Onward, which we all know that movie came out a few, a couple years ago, but they also have a Onward popcorn bucket. Onward came out during COVID. A year and a half. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, a year ago. Okay, so it's not that long ago. I don't know. It feels like a long ago. A long time ago. Um, and then also um, Jack Skellington, a Jack Skellington sipper. I know that was, that premiered not last Halloween, but the Halloween prior. Um, so I don't know if, like, Disney just has a bunch of these in stock and just never, like, gave it away. But, you know, they're they're there now. So if you lost your chance of getting them previously, they're they're back for you to enjoy. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. <laughs> oh, the the thing though, which is kind of annoying, is that Me? because you can't <laughs> because you can't eat in the park, they don't the popcorn buckets don't come in popcorn, so you're just getting the bu- <laughs> the buckets. <laughs> so just just FYI, if you do plan on getting one, wow, they don't even give you like a to go popcorn thing. No. Like they should do something. Yeah, and they're I think they're like the same price too, like eighteen dollars a bucket. Um, and then, yeah, one more thing about the parks um, is a few weeks ago, uh, Disney did release um, some preview images and videos of the semi-newish Snow White ride, formerly known as Snow White's Scary Adventure. Um, I'm sure if you've ever been on it before, um, you've seen why they call it that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When um, my sister was young, I have a younger sister. When she was young... She loved Big Thunder Mountain, but she would not go on Snow White. She was so scared of Snow White. So I could see for a young kid, like, that's a very dark ride. Yeah. Pun intended. But it was my favorite ride. I like the darkness and getting scared. You sound so emo right now. <laughs> As my hair is covering half my, yeah. half my eye. Yeah. I'm going to start crying now. Um, <laughs> but... 
Um, no, so they released some new images. Um, they actually added finally a, a Snow White animatronic in there. Even <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like the number one complaint a lot of people had was where's Snow White? Where mm-hmm. is Snow White? Where is she? Um, and then uh, they also added a cool, a lot of cool effects in the mine section of the ride as well too. Um, Dopey. Um, they added an animatronic of him, and there's like gems in his eyes um and he's like looking through and you can see his eyeballs he looks like a little spider in a way Ew. it's cute okay <laughs> and um lastly they because it's no longer as scary anymore they changed the, the name of the ride um it's now called snow white's enchanted wish oh that's so pretty i don't like it okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean no but you like you, you can like it but i don't know i think there's gonna be some people that are Either gonna like it or hate it. Yeah, I'm sure people will miss the old ride. A certain group of people, probably us included. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm excited once the park opens to experience it. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the Snow White minecart, um, I recently read a, a comic, Alan. You read? I recently read a comic, Alan. I read uh, <laughs> the Snow White comic published by Dark Horse Comics, which I thought. That's funny. Like, they own Marvel. Yeah. When did they put it out through Marvel? But I don't know what kind of um, deals and everything everybody has. But um, it focused a lot more on Snow White, like, before she meets the prince and before the movie starts. Um, they definitely portray her as very innocent. I was almost to the point where it's <laughs> like, wow, this girl has never done anything wrong in her whole life. And she even, like, has this run-in with the evil queen where she she's like, oh, she gets so angry when she, her fire burns out. So she sneaks into her room to um, light a fire, and the evil queen comes in, and Snow White, a lot of it's, like, <laughs> her internal monologue. She's like, oh, I think I've angered her. I just want her love. I just want her to love me as much as I love her. I was like, okay, you guys are really banging <laughs> this idea in. Yeah. And, like, the first time she meets the prince, like, they do this big job of, like, I think almost overdoing how she's, like, I feel so comfortable with him. We were meant to be together. Like, really hammering in, like, there's just more than we just met. (laughs) But besides that, um, then it goes more into, you know, the huntsman taking her out into the woods and he's supposed to kill her, but he lets her go. And then it ends with her going through the, you know where the scary ride took us through those dark (laughs) trees that are like attacking and trying to kill her. So it practically tells a whole story of Snow White or just like the beginnings? Just the beginning so far. There's another one coming out. It's probably going to be out any day now this month, actually. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep checking them out. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Maybe she'll light that candle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when looking through Dark Horse's comic library they do a lot of disney which i actually wasn't aware of so if anybody out there reads them or is interested i would definitely take a look at that because it does give you a little more than just what they show in the movie no oh speaking of movies what's a movie we've been getting (laughs) a i'm ignoring you (laughs) we've been getting more and more information about the uh marvel cinematic universe or mcu lately so i want to talk about that I think the biggest one that uh, we just got recently is Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, 
is gonna be in more Marvel movies. What? What? But... But... Didn't you see what happened? That's America's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I did see what happened in Endgame. He turned into an old man. Um, Oh, hopefully everybody's seen Endgame by now. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna predict right now, I think it's gonna be like a multiverse Steve Rogers. Because we're getting a lot more into the multiverse with this face. Unless they do more like past type stuff. Maybe Wonder Woman made a a wish. If anyone's seen Wonder Woman 84. (laughs) You just hurt me on so many levels. Wonder Woman is DC. I know, I know. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him put on um, the mask again. Yeah. Are you accepting of this? Well, wasn't the rumor that Falcon was going to turn into like... Um, Captain America Part 2. Um, it's more than just a rumor. That's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, because, um, again, this is Endgame spoiler, but hopefully it's been an, over, like, a year and a half. Hopefully everybody who's seen it, who cares? But Steve gives his shield... Old man Steve gives his shield to um, Falcon, who then becomes the next Captain America, just like what happens in the comic books. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in um, when uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is not everybody accepts right away that Sam Wilson, Falcon, is now Captain America. Because as we've seen in real life, um, we're still not at a place where every black person is treated equally. So I think that's an interesting premise to bring into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Look at you. You got me off topic. Yay. You're so good. Yay. Topics that are off. <laughs> Another thing that's been confirmed recently is Deadpool 3 is going to be rated R. And it's also going to be part of the MCU. Ooh. How do we feel about that? I think that's exciting. I mean, Disney is expanding, I think, their horizons. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just sticking to, you know, they're kind of... PG 13 and under uh, genres. So, yeah, I mean, even, I'm curious to see, even though it is rated R, like, are they just going to put like one F bomb in there? Or, like, <laughs> I want to I want to see like what degree rated R it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm curious about. Um, so do you have any thoughts on how they would be able to meld Deadpool, who is very much part of the Fox universe into the MCU universe? Yeah, he just shows up. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, wasn't there a post-credit scene where he showed up in one of the movies? Mm, or maybe not. No. Okay, never mind. But I think, and I said this a while ago when they bought when Disney bought Fox. If they're going to bring any of the franchises in, Deadpool's the one to do it because he can literally look into the camera <laughs> and tell us, you know, this is not part of Fox. or They can do whatever they want with him. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that it's either going to be, again, on a multiverse thing or I think they're just going to turn it into a joke because they did show the Fox X-Men in Deadpool 2, but he could easily just say, like, oh, never mind that. It didn't happen or, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. So I think this is brilliant because I really enjoyed both Deadpool movies and I even enjoyed it still when they did Once Upon a Deadpool, which was PG-13. If you haven't heard about that, they added in Fred Savage 
and Deadpool kidnapped him and tied him to the bed and told him the story <laughs> of Deadpool 2, very similar to how we saw Princess Bride. And it was still really funny, although I prefer Deadpool 2 itself more over Once Upon a Deadpool, but I would take either one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the Once Upon a Deadpool yet. I didn't even know there was one. I own it. Oh. So one thing about Sean that everybody who knows me knows and everybody's listening is now going to know is I love music. You love music? I love music. Oh. And so I thought about this segment that I'm going to call Cover Disney where I'm going to tell everybody about songs that I know that have been covered, Disney songs that I know that have been covered by someone. So if you get a chance, uh, find us on Instagram if you have any you'd like me to look into and possibly bring up. But I thought I'd go a little easy on everybody because I know some of my music can be a little intense. Some. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one I'm going to talk about is it was actually gifted upon me by Rachel, who's on Once Upon a Cold, our other podcast with us. This is by a group called Boy Hero. And the song is How Far I'll Go from Moana. And I freaking love this song. How Far I'll Go is produced by Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Alexa. So so here's um, a little uh, sample of it for you. And if you like it, let me know. And if you know any other songs, let me know. Okay, thank you for checking that out, even though you didn't have a choice. (laughs) So I think that pretty much covers all the smaller things that we wanted to talk about. I think it's time to get into our big show stoppers. What would you call them? (laughs) (laughs) Our big finale. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into um, The Mandalorian Season 2. What were your overall thoughts on it? I loved it. I think just overall season two was great because it brought back or brought in a lot of kind of like the the Star Wars universe. I guess you can say, you know, there was a Sakatana, Boba Fett, um, and then obvious spoiler alert <laughs> if you haven't seen um, the last episode, but... Luke Skywalker also showed up as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it also answered the story about baby yoda who we now know it's grogu so just a lot of things happened this season which was great should grogu have eaten the eggs (laughs) (laughs) um 
it was cute in the beginning, but then like after the third the third one, I'm just like, okay, we get it. Yeah, they kind of just kept kicking that dead horse. I'd agree. Um, One thing I wanted to do, though, for our listeners who may not be uber fans of Star Wars, they threw a lot at us in season two that wasn't really explained. So the first person you mentioned, Ahsoka Tano, I wanted to start with her. Um, It's funny, actually. My first introduction to Ahsoka, I was actually traveling through um, Europe with Rachel and I heard about this new animated Star Wars movie, The Clone Wars, com- that had just come out. So we went to a movie theater. It was like, I think, 20 pounds already. So that was already kind of a lot for a movie at the time that we were there. Oh, 20 pounds is in money, sorry. Yeah, like as 20- in money. <laughs> so that came out to about $30 American. So I think we paid about $30 each to see The Clone Wars which ended up being the first three episodes of the TV show The Clone Wars put into movie form. It was not $30 well spent. (laughs) It's funny, my first impression of Ahsoka, because she was just a child in this, she was so annoying. She kept calling R2 R2-y, and uh, she had a baby hut. So like Jabba the Hut, I think it might have been Jabba's offspring or another hut. I don't remember, it's been years. But she kept calling him Stinky. Oh. Hey, Stinky. <laughs> but throughout the show, The Clone Wars, um, Ahsoka becomes Anakin's first apprentice. And of course, Anakin is Luke's father who becomes Darth Vader. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> so the show follows her exploits. And a lot of the show focuses on... Um, I'm trying to think of where to go here. Boba Fett's dad, Jango, was a template for the clone army. So we see a lot of Ahsoka and Anakin working alongside a specific group of clones. And over the years, um, Ahsoka has become a really cool character. Like, I'm totally on board for Ahsoka as a character because she grows so much within the show. And she even jumped from the Clone Wars to the other show, Star Wars Rebels. And then, of course, she made the jump to Mandalorian. So one of the things, one of the questions that was brought up to me actually by my sister is all the Jedi are supposed to be dead, but (laughs) we just have these Jedi in the Mandalorian. So I wanted to kind of briefly go over um, Ahsoka's story and how she actually survived Order 66, where the Emperor um, made the clones shoot the Jedi in the back, which is actually very anticlimactic. But (laughs) that's another story. So Ahsoka was um, actually searching for Darth Maul, who survived episode one. Even though he was cut in half, (laughs) his hatred of Obi-Wan was so great that the dark side kept him alive. And he eventually got like metal legs grafted onto him. And that's why if you've seen Solo, a Star Wars story, he randomly shows up in that because that's when we start to see the cartoons and the movies collide. So they're starting to give us some awards award points a star <laughs> sticker for you know devouring all the media like some of us do myself included <laughs> so she was off planet searching for um darth maul and when the order came through her group her small group of clones she was with turned against her and they were trying to kill her so she's on the run but her um, camar- camaraderie, 
I'll go with that mm-hmm. word, is so great with one of the clones that she's able to like basically talk him out of the mind control. So the two of them help each other, and they are able to escape from the planet. And she did actually uh, show up later in Star Wars Rebels, which I was saying earlier, and she confronted Darth Vader, who she found out is Anakin. So at that point, this is before you know we're introduced to Luke. So she's pretty much the only person who knows that Darth Vader is actually Anakin. So that's kind of the beginnings of Ahsoka. So Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, who was the lady with the short blonde hair, who was in the Mandalorian armor in The Mandalorian, (laughs) they both made the jump from the cartoons to live action, which I think is very cool. So I know for a watcher like you, I know you haven't exactly watched all the cartoons, Mm -hmm. was it confusing to see these characters was it exciting did they still mean anything to you i think it it was exciting um i've always heard osaka tano a lot um and never really knew her story so it to me anyways it kind of sparked that curiosity of like oh like i'm gonna look her up now and also i think because of the reaction of the fans or Disney knew, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of interest in her, and she has a big fan base. Um, they are doing a spinoff of Ahsoka Tano as well, too, on Disney+, Plus with Rosario Dawson. So, yeah, no, I'm really excited to discover the world of Miss Tano. I'll have you know, on um, our other podcast, Movie Geek and Proud, I did name Rosario Dawson as my female celebrity crush. I think she's so gorgeous, and I was so excited when it was announced that she was going to play Miss Tano, as you put it. (laughs) But yeah, um, Ahsoka's getting her own show. I'm excited to see more. I have a feeling they're going to go more into her backstory in that for people who may not have watched the cartoon. So yeah, very excited there. Should we get to our exciting end and talk about that? Of the show, I mean. Of Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. So... You mentioned it. Luke Skywalker comes in in the very end. This was a little confusing to um, some people as to how did that happen. The question of time travel even came up. Did Luke get in a DeLorean and go, <laughs> go back in time? So the Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So my bigger question is, why is Luke still wearing the same outfit from Return of the Jedi? And does he smell because he hasn't changed in five years? <laughs> Jedis don't sweat. Oh, okay. They don't smell. Okay, then I'm definitely not a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it is appropriate for Luke to have shown up. That was Mark Hamill playing the part of Luke. They they de-aged him a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> he looked yeah. good. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, so it does fit in that Luke would show up at the, in this time frame. Um, I think my bigger question, and I'll ask you this, where do you think it's going to go from here? Well, we know that there is going to be a Mandalorian Part 3, or Season 3. Um, but I think the journey with Grogu is probably going to not continue with that. Um, I hope that they do. I feel like there's so many spinoffs, though, but I do hope that Disney continues that journey that we're seeing with Grogu and hopefully that goes that journey is with Luke Skywalker so I kind of want to see how that that relationship goes 
and it, hopefully it tells more about like Grogu's species linking with, with Yoda as well too. Cause I think there's just a lot of things that they could do with that. And one thing that you were telling me is you heard that they're going to spin away from the third trilogy. Yes. Yeah. So another um, thing that they're talking about is there's more, most likely Disney's going to do a, yeah, third trilogy, or is it a fourth trilogy now? <laughs> <laughs> Another set of trilogies, basically, um, in the Star Wars uh, universe. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be more about kind of like a reboot. Mm. Uh, so it's not a continuation of episode episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think because I'm sure a lot of fans are saying this, but like, you know, episodes six or no, seven through nine. I don't want to say it's a mess, but you know, there was a lot of things happening and I think a lot of fans were not happy with it. I, honestly, I was happy. I, I was satisfied with it, but I think Disney's trying to retrace back their steps and kind of approach it differently. I could see that. And, um, yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoyed the last three movies. I think they could have been more cohesive had they had, you know, one writer throughout, but that's pretty much my only well, not my only, but there's some <laughs> complaints. But they're very enjoyable movies still. And yeah, they. Um, one thing I noticed when they were when Disney was releasing more information about their Star Wars Marvel universes and where they're going, they referred to any new Star Wars shows as this takes place in the Mandalorian universe. So I was like, hmm, they're separating. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can definitely see them trying to spin off more. Um, yeah, and uh, in case you don't know, Kevin Feige who is the mastermind behind um, linking the Marvel movies together and writing those, well, not eh, leading them, I should say. Yeah. Um, he is, he has been tasked with taking over the Star Wars universe and trying to do the same thing there where maybe we don't have trilogies. We have more, you know, standalone movies that, you know, if you watch them all, they cross and connect. But if you watch them separately, they're still enjoyable. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, because, I don't know, when they had, like, trilogies, after seeing, like, the end of one trilogy, you're like, oh, that's it. We're done. Like, at least there's a little bit of a new hope of... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Of, you know, more movies to come. Um, So, I don't know. We'll see. And at least that way, there's not so much pressure on, like, just one movie Mm -hmm. to just do everything. You know, if if somebody doesn't like one, that's okay. The next one's going to come out later the same year. That one will do better. So, yeah, I think that's a good plan. So going back to uh, the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2, when you saw Luke, what was your reaction? Um, I, okay, so I'll start here. <laughs> I saw a spoiler that day that Luke was in it. I was hoping, like, maybe it wasn't true because I didn't want the show spoiled. But, like, the way my phone works is it just sends me stuff. And it had a picture of him holding Grogu. It's like, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, and when he first showed up, I noticed that he was in the same outfit with the black glove and I could tell right away. I was like, this is definitely Luke. So I thought the way they did it was really cool though. Mm -hmm. And the way he was shrouded in mystery, the way he was so like Uber Jedi taking everybody out. I did think Luke looked a little better (laughs) than Luke (laughs) looked at the end of return of the Jedi. Like he looked younger. Well, that was my other question too, is because obviously his face was CGI. Would you rather have like an actual person that sort of looked like him or were you all good with the cgi like 
looking face. I was good with the CGI. I agree. Would you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I know there's also talks of doing like a Skywalker. I think it was a spinoff show or something. And I think they chose another actor already, but I don't know. Um, I think Disney's been doing a better job at CGI in faces. Like Princess Leia was kind of a, I was in between when they did Princess Leia for Rogue One. Okay. Um, but this was definitely more believable. Like, I actually thought, like, oh, did they, like, cast, like, a lookalike to look like him, or did they actually do it? So that yeah. was cool. What do you think of the instance where Disney completely modeled a an actor, Peter Cushing, who has already passed on, and they use Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One? I thought it was fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know there was some... Um, there is some drama over that because it does question like, should we be using somebody's likeness after they're dead? So yeah. just wondering. But speaking of just wondering, <laughs> I don't know how that fits in. <laughs> Let's talk about WandaVision. Oh yeah, her and oh, wow. Him. I'm just kidding. So we watched these last night. So now you know when we're taping because um, <laughs> they just came out last night. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of WandaVision? It was entertaining. Um, as someone who is not uber into Marvel, um, I just kind of came in with like... Are you more lift into Marvel? <laughs> Actually, I do lift more than okay. Uber. But anyways... Um, <laughs> You know, I just came to watch it to, to enjoy it. Um, didn't come with any expectations. Um, I, probably a lot of Easter eggs or, like, um, hidden things, you know, as what the people are saying probably went over my head. Um, but, I, you know, it was fun. Like, it was funnier than I expected. Um, like, it, it, as if you were watching an actual, like, I Love Lucy type sitcom. So that was really entertaining. Yeah, as someone who grew up on I Love Lucy, 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 <laughs> uh, I Love Lucy and Marvel, like, I thought the show was perfect. I was in hysterics the whole time. We did watch the first two episodes that came out. It's two episodes this week, and then every week after, it's going to be one at a time. But, yeah, it was just so much fun to watch, and I think Wanda is a very interesting character because she starts off as a villain to the X-Men, working with Magneto. And we used to make fun of her. We being, like, <laughs> Rachel, Chris, and I. We used to make fun of her, because there's one, literally, where the X-Men are chasing the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. That's what they call themselves. They're very, like, direct, and yes, we are evil. Um, they're chasing them through an airport, and Scarlet Witch has the power to make the probability of something happens. So she makes the probability of a suitcase rolling in front of Jean Grey and tripping her. And we are like, what stupid power. And we would make fun of her. Like, she would point at stuff and be like, I did that. I did that. I made that probable that would happen. But um, over the years, she's really become a broken character. I know some people call her Retcon Witch. Retcon is retro continuity um, because she has reality altering powers 
So I'll just let everybody know now. I'm going to do my best not to like go beyond where the show is. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the show. I have an idea of what's going to happen, but I'll keep it to only what we've seen. But Wanda's broken to the point that the X-Men creators kept killing off Magneto at a certain point, and he just kept coming back. And as you may or may not know, Magneto at one point was Scarlet Witch's dad. I say at one point because that's been changed over time. (laughs) But they finally just said Scarlet Witch kept making him come back to life because she wanted her dad to be alive. That's how broken her powers are. And at one point in the comics, um, I'll talk about this because we've already kind of seen it on the show. Scarlet Witch is upset that she can't make babies with Vision. So she wills babies into existence. (laughs) She just makes them appear out of nowhere. (laughs) And Magneto and uh, Professor X come to her and they basically say, like, Wanda, this isn't healthy. You probably shouldn't just be making babies appear. And she basically is like, no, they're my babies. And she gets so upset when they're taken away that she alters reality for everybody. She makes mutants, like, the cool thing. The opposite of what it is. So mutants are normal, and if you're not a mutant, you're weird, and you shouldn't be allowed to exist next to us. It's called House of M if you want to look into it. But that's where I think the show is going. I'm excited to see them finally tapping into her reality-altering powers. Um, Some of the small things that I noticed on the show that you mentioned, the Easter eggs, is we did get to see a stark... Um, toaster Mm -hmm. so that seems to be like her awareness of stuff that happened um, coming into focus there's also a part where vision's boss and boss's wife come over for dinner and wanda was under the impression that it was their anniversary so they're gonna get it on even though he's a robot don't ask me how (laughs) um so she wears you know a, a sexy for that era <laughs> like gown nightgown, nightgown. <laughs> and it's funny because another easter egg that i picked up on right away and you all may have seen it too is right away they say oh the gown it's sokovian where if you've seen civil war sokovia is the country where the um uh isn't that where she's from yes she's also from there that's where they found her and the Sokovia Accords in Civil War is um, what drives the plot of the movie because she accidentally killed Crossbones in Sokovia and it ended up blowing up part of a building and there were casualties. So I thought that was interesting that Sokovia was brought into the show because that could be her guilt you know, manifesting. One of the biggest things I noticed in episode two is the commercial on that one was about um, Strucker. Uh, Strucker watch and Strucker of course in the MCU is the one who gave Wanda and her brother Quicksilver their powers Mm. yeah there's also a Hydra symbol too right that they showed I think so yeah so (laughs) interesting yeah yeah I'm really excited for this show and of course we hear what sounds like um, War Machine's voice trying to get in contact with Wanda. Who's doing this to you? Wanda, are you in there? So, yeah, I'm wondering... um, 
There was also a, a run of Vision comics where he was tired of being a superhero and wanted to be normal, so he created a family for himself. So I really think this show is a melding of that comic series along with Wanda's reality warping powers at the pain of losing Vision. So I think she's creating this world around her. And I have a feeling we're going to see Vision come back into the movies because of her. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling by the end of season or episode two, we see that she's pregnant. I think we're going to get her kids into the kid or kids into the <laughs> uh, main movie continuity. Mm. I won't say if they are someone or where it might go until they reveal it on the show. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I've been wondering, because you mentioned, you know, she's Slovakian. I just remember when Sokovian. I... Sokovian. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My dyslexia. No, um, you mentioned that, or when I first saw her, you know, she had a really strong accent. Oh, yeah. Like, where did it go? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it because, like, she's trying to, like, fit in in this, like, American, like, society? Is that why? It, I mean, it's just, like, one of those little details that I found that was, like, oh, yeah, like. Yeah, it's go. gotten, it, it feels like it's gotten less over time because she did still have it a little bit in Endgame in mm -hmm. the amazing line that she delivered where she says, you took everything from me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wonder if they're just she's acclimating to American life yeah. and <laughs> losing everything that makes her. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, sir, but this is very therapeutic for me to get to sit here and talk about all these things that are so cool. I'm glad it'll be a hundred dollars, please. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I'm really excited for our next episode coming um, in February. We actually have our very first official guest on marvelous galaxy of Disney. Yeah. He is under the handle KGZ on Instagram. His name is Kevin. He is a cosplayer. I'll ask him how we're supposed to pronounce that. Because some people say cosplayer, but I think it should be cosplayer. Because it's like cosplay. costume, yeah. you know? Um, he's a cosplayer. He is mostly known for his Cyclops, which is spot on. He's actually going to come on and give us a little bit of his take on cosplay. And we're also going to, which I'm excited for... We're going to count down each of our top five hottest animated men of Disney Pixar. And I'm going to give them each points so oh. we can see who the hottest man is, according to the three of us. And we're also going to talk Disney Pixar sequels. Ooh. Which ones are worth watching? <laughs> Spoiler alert, there's... Not a lot. Wow. <laughs> so join us then. Of course, remember, you can find us on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. You can find me at uh, Sean Porrett, P-O-R-R-E-T-T. -T, and that'll lead you to my other projects. And you can also you can find me at Alan Stegayans, um, which is both of our handles should be found in the Instagram profile as well, too. Um, put them there. Yep. <laughs> Synergy. Yay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.